This is To The Point with Marcus Anna, where we cut through all the noise to discuss the things driving the world of automotive sales and service. Let's get to it. Powered by Rocket. The Consumer Electronics Show, better known as CES, is a mind-blowing extravaganza spotlighting some of the most groundbreaking technologies for consumer products. Over the past few years, the Las Vegas event, which kicked off this week, has become one of the most coveted showcases for new automotive tech, be it the latest electric vehicle or innovations that are poised to literally change how we move from point A to point B. One of the companies featured at this year's CES show that has been generating a lot of buzz in the world of automotive tech is Holorod, a startup that offers an in-vehicle VR passenger experience that is akin to riding in an amusement park, which the company has coined as the Motorverse. I've actually had a chance to personally experience Holorod, and it truly is a passenger experience unlike anything else to date. Then again, would you expect anything less from a company that boasts a list of advisors that includes Anthony and Joseph Russo, the legendary directors of several films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Holoride, which is focused on rear seat passengers, uses motion and location data from the vehicle to create unique entertainment in vehicle experiences. In November, the company announced that it would begin offering a production version of its platform in 2023 model year Audi vehicles, then up the ante at this year's CES show by announcing that it will now offer a retrofit version of the experience that can be used with practically any vehicle. In this episode of To The Point, we dig deeper into Holoride and the company's vision for in-vehicle passenger experiences with Niels Walney, CEO and co-founder of the company, who also offers some interesting insight on the future of in-vehicle entertainment. Hi, Niels. Thank you for joining us on To The Point. Hey, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me. So, Niels, over the past two years or so, we've had several conversations about Holorod. But one of the things that we haven't discussed in detail is what prompted the initial development of the idea? Yeah, um, that was back in 2015 uh, when my two co-founders and I, we were still working at Audi at that time. And we... um, we were thinking about ways how we can make transit time count because for most passengers, uh, transit time feels like wasted time. And back in 2015, um, the whole automotive industry was super bullish on autonomous cars. And the question that arose in this context is what are people doing in cars when they are no longer driving? And we were looking at um, the so-called passenger economy and said, okay, what what can be or where can the car industry or the vehicle itself contribute um, to making passenger lives more exciting? And we were starting to experiment uh, using car data, location data, and um, also looking into the emerging uh, immersive technologies that were uh, on the horizon and um, a very, very early prototype was um, we we brought a gaming PC to the car, 
hardwired it to the canvas, so the the central computing entity of the car, and had a had an Oculus DK2 headset, which was uh, still on a cable to the gaming PC, and just built a very early prototype. And we were experimenting with this, and then we discovered, hey, uh, content that is motion and location aware can become a thing in cars and and not just for autonomous cars because there are already so many passengers traveling every day on the back seat and we thought okay this is this is something we should explore in more detail and that's what we did so the the whole journey started in 2015 with bored passengers <laughs> so to say what what did you learn during during that entire process about the passenger experience yeah, so um, the the first thing that um, came to light was like, hey, the whole industry is so much focused on car buyers and drivers is in, and completely neglecting the passenger. And um, back in 2015, also, it, it wasn't a big topic to really um, focus on the passenger experience as, as such. There were other topics that were more dominant. And what we learned whenever we did like user studies um, that spe- especially younger passengers, so teenagers, um, very much appreciated the the new offering um, a technology like Holoride could bring to the car that is really unique to the car and turns a space that is mediocre usually for visual entertainment into a very, very exciting space because... It's, it's using real G-forces uh, that are incorporated in the experience, and it, it suddenly turns the car into an experience device. And this was one of the very, very early outcomes. And we, besides user tests, we, we talked to a lot of industry experts, especially in the entertainment industry. So we built up a second prototype um, for California um, that was uh, mirroring the one we had in Germany. And we were uh, traveling to see game studios and movie studios um, to show them the very early prototype and get their feedback. And one of the things we learned back then is everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's super cool because it's giving us a new dimension besides traditional movies, traditional games and uh, theme park rides that the car suddenly turns into a new space where, where studios could potentially exploit their IP even further, so their characters, their worlds, their stories, in a new wor- way. So it's becoming turning like every vehicle into a moving theme park. That was one of the sentences that we had in one of our very early discussions. But the feedback they gave us, it's even though it's exciting, if just one car manufacturer is doing it, um, how can this be interesting for the entertainment industry? And they this these discussions back in. I think it was 2017, planted the seeds for maybe we should spin this out and make this manufacturer agnostic so that the car industry and the creator industry at the same time can benefit from a technology uh, that we have developed in a very early stage back then. And so, and and that brings us to where we we are now with the launch of the uh, retrofit uh, offering <laughs> of the platform. Um, yeah. Correct. How does that, yeah, how does that, though, how does that impact the, the business model that you currently have with Audi? Yeah, so we we 
launched a few months ago with Audi in Germany. Um, so becoming the first car manufacturer that produces Holoride ready cars, that means that our application that runs on the personal device of the passenger, so on the VR glasses, can pick up the data from the car in real time and syncing the content with the motion and the location of the car. And when we were talking to game studios back in the days, um, of course, they were not able to drive a future Audi car that is Holoride ready. So we needed to implement some tools that um, where they can simulate on the desk how a potential experience might play out. But at a certain point in the development process, you wanna you wanna try it in a car and see how how this really feels. Um, so we've developed a um, a dev kit, so a little device that uh, creators could use. Um, in the creation process in their car they they have at hand and it simulated um, the the signals coming from the canvas uh, in a pretty pretty good way so that they had a had a very nice impression and in this process we discovered and said hey why not why not come up with a retrofit solution that enables older cars um, for for Holoride so because I don't know about the US, but in Germany, the average age of a car on the street is more than 10 years. So not everybody is capable of driving the latest Audi vehicle. We said, hey, why, why not develop this further and come up with a with a device that en enables older cars? And we refined our algorithms. We, we've uh, developed this consumer device that we've launched um, to simply enable um, older cars in the fleet as well. And the, the integration model, for example, with Audi works that we um, split the revenue with a car manufacturer uh, based on the fact that they provide us with, um, with car data. Uh, with a retrofit, obviously, this is no longer the case. However, again, it's a great opportunity for car manufacturers to provide hollow rides to owners of older cars. Um, and they still can take a cut uh, when they help us distribute the retrofit device so when it when it comes to um manufacturers other than well outside of the the retrofit device audi yeah. would be the only one that would have this this platform application integrated into into the lineup into the vehicle yeah, to date, uh, it's only Audi. Um, we we announced the um, the series integration of Audi cars in March during uh, South by Southwest, um, and in uh, November we have officially launched uh, our platform in Germany. And with this, um, owners that have a 2023 Audi model A4 upwards in a in a specific configuration, then the car is Holoride ready. And then they can simply purchase our Pioneers pack and are ready to go. But yeah, we launched with Audi first um, in November 2022. And uh, now in 2023, um, for us, it's about scaling this solution to other car manufacturers. And of course, the retrofit plays a major part because now everybody who wants to experience Holoride in his or her car is able to do so. So it's an it's a very, very important milestone for us. 
but um, the the strategy still stays the same. Um, we um, we work very closely with car manufacturers to integrate our solution into serious production cars. And yeah, please consider the retrofit basically as a as a way that helps more people get access to our platform if they want to and currently don't have the latest Audi or um, a different mark that might follow after Audi. This this relationship uh, with Holleride and Audi has, has really been interesting to watch in terms of how it is really pushed the boundaries of, of in-vehicle experience. What have you learned about how this partnership has worked that mm-hmm. that you think can be used as as insight for other OEMs as they push to sort of um, build the or expand the boundaries of in vehicle experiences. Yeah, that's a very very good question, Marcus. Um, so the first thing we've learned, and I'm still extremely thankful for this experience, is it's not easy for car manufacturers to let innovations go um, to make it make it agnostic um, to let the whole industry benefit from it it's it's not that this is not a typical behavior in the automotive industry however in the last few years this changed a lot and i'm still as i said extremely fortunate and and thankful for um, the fact that the audi board of management um, did decide that they uh, encourage um, the the spin out that we we have proposed to them, um, and and really say, hey, yeah, this this can only work if it's across many brands, and um, by this helping um, creators uh, to to um, yeah to to cater or to develop for a relevant platform in the future. And this was the first, first massive learning that this is not a typical um, step that the automotive industry in the past has taken. And this was, we, we were literally breaking new grounds also in terms of processes and how to spin this out and how to take the IP with us and um, establish our company in an agnostic way. But again, I'm I'm super thankful that Audi took this very, very bold step back in the days. And then the first year, we really had to educate the industry saying, hey, we're we're not an Audi subsidiary. We are an independent company. Audi is a minority shareholder. But the whole reason why we spun out is to make this tech available for the whole industry. And um, and this this was a longer process, again, because it's not typical for for the industry to do this so we had to do a lot of convincing um, that we are really agnostic and then um, a lot of interesting things happened in the industry because it became digitalization became uh, a big topic platform business became a big topic in the automotive industry and and suddenly we we turned into into something that is a little a um, little bit of a role model how maybe other OEMs can also handle innovations and handle and tackle the digital business models uh, because I'm, I'm still convinced um, it makes more sense in certain areas for car manufacturers to collaborate um, 
especially when it comes to the underlying technology. And they still can do all the differentiation, which is very, very important to the respective brands uh, via the experiences they're offering. For example, in our case, you can use the standard content that comes with our catalog, but if a brand decides they want to have a special interface whenever our application uh, installed on the glasses connects to their vehicle, um, that um, the design is, or the UI in general, the user interface, comes in in the flavor of the respective brand, they can do it. Or if they have marketing collaborations um, in the entertainment space where they say, we want to come up with specific content just for our customers, we offer them the opportunity to do so. So there is a lot of space for customization, which I think is extremely important for the car brands out there. But at the same time, um, I think the industry opened up for more standardization on core technology components, which I think is the right development. Well, when you when you look at these these type of of, of offerings, yeah, what does it? How does it? How does it change the the way that vehicles are sold? In your opinion, like, and I'm looking at it from a, from a retail perspective. Yeah, I I think the um, the passenger experience plays a very, very crucial role. And, and we started, for example, focusing on teenagers on backseats, offer, offering them a great entertainment offering and, and also edutainment offering, but at the same time, making sure that this is all family friendly because uh, the parents um, are still the car buyers and um, and they want to want to make sure that 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 the content that is being consumed by kids on back seats is uh, is appropriate. So we have these these two these two target groups, and what we learned in the process when also talking to dealers, um, whenever families buy a new car or decide for a new car, that kids play a major role in influencing this car buying decision. And now we have an offering that is attractive to um, Gen Z and um, and in the future also Gen A, but it's um, it's it's the young audience that um, that then goes back to their parents and says, okay, this is an important feature because I'm I'm not driving the car, I'm I'm traveling with you in the car. So experience plays a larger and larger role. Um, you can see. At CES, one of the dominating topics is in-car experiences, in-car entertainment, uh, because the car transforms into more like a living space where you spend more time in um, with autonomous functions. As I said, passengers, we will all become passengers eventually. So uh, this plays a crucial role. On the other hand, uh, Gen Z or teenagers are also future customers. So it's a great opportunity to um, with the right offerings to um, increase the relevance of a brand uh, in a very very early stage. I know in the U.S. you don't have such a high loyalty across car buyers, so you switch brands more often. Uh, but for example, here in, in, in Europe, it, very often it's the case that um, people stick to a brand for quite quite a long time, and um, uh, the sooner you you um, you win fans for your brand, the better. And I think Holoride is definitely a solution to address this future audience. 
in closing, if we were looking further down the road, um, mm-hmm. where where do you see Hollerod in the future of of <laughs> enviable experiences? Uh, um, so we we are working on this vision since seven years now, um, four years as an independent companies uh, independent company, and um, and. Now we've launched our solution and with the retrofit, we are finally able to deliver our promise, deliver our vision um, to everybody who, who wants to who wants to try it in the, in the markets where we launch. Um, for, for us, making transit time count is an, our underlying purpose. So onboard the ride for passengers and come up with exciting uh, media formats for cars that are motion and location aware, that really play with the fact that um, the car is a spatial device traveling from A to B, transporting people from A to B. Uh, people spend a lot of time in cars and we want to make use of the fact that you're doing your journey in a spatial device and come up with a lot of offerings of motion and location aware experiences for cars. And we're, we're exploring several several areas here. We, we started with VR because now you finally have consumer devices that are lightweight, that are comfortable to wear. So we're getting there. AR and mixed reality is not there yet, but it will follow. But also think think about other formats where you where you can use the influence of motion and location. This is this is super interesting. Our whole tech stack is built around the passenger and the fact that we want to enable motion and location aware content. So this is what we're exploring, and we definitely want to become um, a dominant player in helping changing the passenger experience of the future. Well, thanks. Thanks, Neil. You know, it seems that I'm always learning something new about Hollerod, which is <laughs> which is the industry, you know, in all honesty, I think that's the industry that we're in now, right? That is it's changing at, at a rapid pace. Yeah, and, and I think there there is so much opportunity. I think what the the, the car industry can also play a a very very shaping role in um, the whole movement that started with the metaverse discussion, but the, I mean, now everybody talked about the metaverse and, and now we, we are moving, moving away a little bit again, because now everybody thought it's overhyped, but the metaverse is, is nothing else than a more consumer friendly term for spatial computing. And, um, I, I think car manufacturers should shift a little bit no longer talking about like we are building smartphones on wheels. Smartphones are 20 years old now, um, but make more out of the strength that they're building the perfect spatial device with all the sensors, cameras, so LiDAR, radar, um, and, and camera feed that is that is built into cars um, that they're very receptive to their environment and the way they travel. Um, really consider them as spatial devices. And, and that's why we coined the term motorverse for um, bringing the metaverse to cars and, and cars to the metaverse. But I, I think the whole industry still, and aside from our technology, has massive opportunities if the mindset shifts a little bit and everybody understands, okay, cars are the perfect spatial device. Let's make use of it. And this will unlock 
new opportunities from my perspective for the automotive industry uh, many execs haven't yet thought of great well thanks again nils for, for all the insight thank you so much for having me marcus it's it's always fun uh having a chat with you and uh, looking forward to next time i probably have something new to bring then i'm i'm sure you will <laughs> Now, back to the noise.